Hello and welcome to Roll Film, your favorite podcast about film. I am Jason Quinn, one of your hosts, and with me as always are my good buddies John Cormani and Greg Painter. The three amigos. We is it really are... Cormani? Or is it, I thought it was always Cormani. It's Cormani. Oh, I know. I always pr- pronounce it it's Cormani. fine. A lot of people will do that. Manny, you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. The Foo well, Fighters. The, the Foo, Foo Fighters. <laughs> that was great. That was cool. Manny. Yeah. No, that is actually how I imagine Christopher Watkins would say it. So, yeah, there you go. We actually are here to talk about the comedy horror classic, in my opinion, Club Dread. And Jason, why did we pick Club Dread? What month is it? It's my Fucking birthday month. Broken. It's, it's Greg's <laughs> birthday month. <laughs> <laughs> Broken Lizard Month. Broken Lizard! That's right. We are doing all of the Broken Lizard movies minus Super Troopers 2 and then doing Quasi this month. So this is And we did not fun. like just want to throw shade to Super Troopers 2. We're saving that first sequel month. We're doing a whole month of right. sequels. So we thought we'd just yeah. do the first in a bunch of series. And we're real excited for Quasi coming out this month. And we thought what better way to show our respect to a beloved comedy group than to review all their movies. We've already done Super Troopers, and now, in order, we got Club Dread. Greg, give us the numbers. Club Dread, yes, absolutely is influential to at least John and I, and probably Jason, with our film and our our love for it. I mean, what a great time these guys came out and just exploded onto the scene with such great movies. Club Dread was released in 2004 when a serial killer interrupts the fun at a swanky Coconut Pete's Coconut Beach Resort, a hedonistic island, paradise for swingers. It's up to the club staff to stop the violence or at least hide it at an estimated budget of $8.6 million. Now, it did flop on opening weekend with an astounding $3 million. Womp womp. And it has never made its money back. It never made a single profit at $7.5 million. Get the fuck out of here. That's crazy. I, I can't. We still got to do the rest of the podcast. That seems like such a... Bullshittery? It is. It It is so much better than it didn't make back its $8 million budget. That is crazy. Especially with, I think, what would have had just a big following anyway because of how big of a hit Super Troopers was, right? So, like, everybody had to have gone and see the sequel. It's even to the point, this was a fun fact I found, Broken Lizard screened this movie for Jimmy Buffett himself, who was so amused that he requested permission to sing some of the film's original songs on his live tour following the movie. I did not know that. That's incredible. Isn't that cool? I would love to see a video of Jimmy Buffett performing Pina Colada Berg. Right. (laughs) The the song that Coconut Pete wrote seven and a half fucking years before (laughs) Butterfield was even on the goddamn map. Dude, (laughs) dude, that was so great. Ah, man, where to start with this movie? We have to pay respect to the fact that Bill Paxton is no longer with us. What a phenomenal actor, and he owned this role as a washed-up 70s musician that still thinks he's fucking great. Like, he personified this character to a fucking T. 
So cheers to you, Bill, wherever you're at, man. Absolutely. I feel like it's one of those movies that you just kind of got to go through it because it's just it's it's such a phenomenal film. It's from start to finish. I feel like just has the fucking juice, man. Like in the very beginning of the movie, it opens with the 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 like threesome scene, right? Mm. And I feel like art. I feel like <laughs> I feel like it does a solid job setting the tone of the horror aspect of the, the film. The whore. Because the whore. threesomes are scary. Threesomes are terrifying. I wouldn't know from experience. I uh, neither neither would I. Anyway, but I heard from a friend of mine. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was about to be like Billy Madison quote all the way. <laughs> right. But wouldn't it be cool if I did? Uh, everybody on the bus good great grand let's keep going on so john did you see this movie in theaters and i mean how many times have you really seen it also i did not see it in theaters which is a bummer but i was working at blockbuster when this came out and i rented fucking brag about that shit man and you know i got free rentals which is crazy because like I said, never had a threesome, but I had all these rentals. I don't know why that didn't ever like just fall into my lap. Be like, hey, it's because Blockbuster and chill wasn't a thing. Yeah, here's here's Mystic Pizza and uh, Radio with Cuba Gooden Jr. Let's hang out. But I remember renting it because we used to get the <laughs> DVDs in a week before the movie came out. I got it and brought it to my house, and we watched the heck out of that thing. Like we were laughing so hard. Like put, it, we we're like, watch it again. Let's watch it again. You know, and, and you guys heard me in our Super Troopers review. Didn't hate it, but it wasn't my cup of tea, really. This one was. This is, to me, when Broken Lizard really hit their stride. Super funny. You know, I'm a big horror fan. And they hit all the tropes. They parried it. Parried it so well. And, yeah, I love this movie. I think it's super funny. A bit of it is kind of dated in how they do things. The fact that they wrote in the Jimmy Buffett character with Coconut Pete, that alone is worth all the accolades in the world, you know? And Paxton agreeing to do this movie and having a blast doing it, as you could tell, was so awesome. So, yeah, love this movie. One thing I never noticed when I saw it, when I, you know, when they first get to the island and, and Pete plays his Pleasure Island song, freaking the voice of Beast Boy is in the crowd. Greg Sipes is like one of the ones who's like singing along and I barely recognize him. And, you know, my son's a big Teen Titans Go fan. I was like the original. I actually really like Teen Titans Go now too. So I've seen like this guy now and he looks pretty different. Obviously this movie is a long time ago, but the hair, he kind of still has the same hair. And I looked it up on IMDb immediately because I was like, that looks like Greg Sipes. And it was. I don't think there's any other scenes with him that I noticed, but I was like, man, Beast Boy, rocking out on Pleasure Island. I like that. So I don't even know who you're even talking about in that. You don't know who Beast Boy is? No, I know. Sorry. I know exactly who you're talking about, but I did not recognize him in that at all in Club Dread. So that's a good find. You said like all the horror movie tropes and everything. Like that's absolutely true. So they're talking about, you know, Machete Phil? Machete, Machete Phil. Yeah. The hell was yeah. That? yeah. 
like apparently that's a loose backstory of the killer in the movie terror train that was released in 1980 but then the outfit that stacy is wearing is a identical uniform to what the camp counselors wore in the original friday the 13th that's great did not notice that and i actually love that first one (laughs) i feel like this movie does just like a perfect job of writing that line of comedy and horror. Yes. And this is the reason why I feel like comedy and horror are so closely the same thing because they ride that same line of tension. I've said that for a long time and I get people that'll argue with me about it. But to me, this is a movie that proves that point that there is at any point in time, you could laugh your ass off or you could get jump scared or whatever in the very next moment of this movie and i think that that is phenomenal and and you never know what's coming and even like even if you've seen it a fucking hundred times it's still good it still hits fucking hard and i think that there's one thing that i noticed this time that i don't think i've noticed any other time is how hard sam the fucking fun police tries Mm -hmm. to get them to solve his fucking riddle (laughs) <laughs> it's all him it's all him every aspect of that of them being like well what about this it's every line of it is him it's always fucking him yeah. trying to like force this like story alert everybody so right i was gonna Big say spoiler. since we already spoiled the movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it is it's like if the zodiac killer would also like send in instruction manuals to his code right yeah it's instead of a, instead of the notes, it was just a color by number. <laughs> <laughs> the Zodiac colorer. He's like, they're clearly not getting it. I better fucking let them know. And you don't notice that like your first time watching it at all. You don't probably even notice it your second time watching it, even with knowing. But like, uh, to me, that's that detail of it is phenomenal. I love the reveal too, like where he starts his story about why he started doing it. And he's like, wait, no, that wasn't the reason, but that was very uncool. Like, <laughs> they were smoking the grass. Yeah. Yeah. My grass. My. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. I loved the head of security played by MC Ganey, who's in a lot of the Broken Lizard movies. Love, love MC Ganey. He's so good. And, the way that he like was supposed to be this badass. He's like, and then I meet him with my whomping stick. And then <laughs> you see him with, <laughs> I guess I'm giving away maybe my favorite scene here, but when, you know, the killer comes out and he like starts talking shit to him and he holds the stick out and you're like, that's a very pathetic stick. This is not going to go well. <laughs> and it's just one slash and he's gone. I was like, yes, give me more of that. That was so good. Uh, You know, I got to give it up to the Broken Lizard guys. I mean, after Super Troopers, this definitely highlights how actually good of actors they are. I mean, they're able to flawlessly do those accents with with Putnam's British Indian accent. Yeah. Fucking funny, bro. Yeah, Steve Lemmy. Yeah, his, I don't know what you would call that, Hispanic. Nicaraguan. Right. I can't say it. (laughs) I can't do it as well as he can. He had a great voice in that too, um, and it just really showed. And I, it made me realize the Jewish character in Beer Fest, and he really does the, the voice very well. And like, it's just, yeah, Steve Lemmy is boss. Yeah, he's so good, and I love also that they brought in Sam Levine from Freaks and Geeks. Oh yeah, like does that kid ever age, or is he always going to be <laughs> like sixteen? Right. <laughs> 
Yeah, and he just keeps going after Putnam, which is so great. Oh, so fucking good. I just want to know if smoke came out of his ears. Is that so much to ask? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so spot on throughout so many. I, I love like you were talking about that, like the reveal scene where he he's like, that really was uncool. I love that if you rewatch it, that they actually have that moment in the movie that it's not just a blank a blank call back to something that we didn't see off screen that yeah. everything that they like talk about we are seeing play out in the actual events like they do such a good job of crafting that like who done it atmosphere that the first time you watch it you have no fucking clue you're pretty clueless the whole time of who the killer is to some extent because they do a good job with all the little red herrings here and there. I think they craft a solid whodunit horror film thing. They just have a lot of really good comedy chops. Oh, yeah. And I feel like them having that leap from here's Super Troopers that is just like a super stupid stoner comedy movie. And that's basically all it is to this movie, which is a really well-written slasher film. Honestly, like if we take out all of the comedy aspects of this and we just took it seriously, it would still be a pretty solid slasher film, in my opinion. You're clueless the whole time. I mean, it's at least for that error. It's going up against, you know, a fucking I know what you did last summer and scream and stuff like this of that error. I definitely think it fits. You know what I mean? I mean, it's going to be like 30 minutes long if you took out all the comedy. Well, yeah. I'm just, I mean, if I'm not saying take out all of the, every aspect of the comedy of it, but if you just keep the dramatic tension throughout the whole film and don't make it laughable, I still think it's a solid film. I still yeah. think it holds up as a decent horror film. And I wonder if that's where they lost the audience as far as like they didn't show up because they wanted another stoner comedy. They wanted... The Broken Lizard crew to play to type, and they were like, nah, dude, we're gonna make a horror movie. I imagine they've been sitting on this idea for a while. I don't know that. I know that we know, at least from interviews, that they've been sitting on Quasi for a while, mm. and that's a period piece, you know? And so I'm, I'm expecting big things, but I love the risk taking here. I'm sure the studio didn't, but they still got more movies after this. So yeah, I thought it was great. I think the horror element. Well, it's good. It's it's second fiddle to the comedy to me. They, oh, yeah, for so sure. so funny, so well acted. It was so great showing the resort and live action Pac-Man was really funny. And you're like, yeah, I could see a party resort doing that sort of thing. There's so much good stuff. And even like a dumb joke, like the girl's name is Penelope and it's pronounced Penelope. Like that, it's stupid. It's not funny inherently. But to have Steve Lemmy say it in that accent, oh, Penelope, he just sells stuff that's not funny and makes it funny. So do you know the story behind that? No. Okay, so also to the fact that I use that every single time I see my cousin's kids because he named his daughter Penelope, so I call her Penelope all the time. Jay Chandrasekhar and Kevin Heffernan went to a screening of Carlito's Way in 1993 and when Penelope Ann Miller's name came up on the screen, a man behind the two said, Penelope? What kind of name is Penelope? And they kept that ever since. <laughs> this will be our movies. <laughs> Let's talk about how he's not Farva at all. And, right. and I think right. I, I was talking to my wife and I said, my please wife. just give me one more day to show you how much I love you. But I was also saying, you know, this dude 
can act. Like him yeah. and Steve are probably the strongest actors out of all of them. Not that they, you know, the other ones are bad, but I just think he played such a, a an idiot jerk as Farva, and he played such a, a lovable miscreant, if you will, or not a miscreant, more like a lovable kind of goofball, but also had the heart of gold, and he had the touch of gold too, and he just yeah. did such a great job in his roles. The what did they call? It? They didn't call it a masseuse. It was a silly word that I thought was really funny. God, I can't remember. It's still funny. I forgot it. One of my favorite scenes in this movie does have a great story, in my opinion. So, you know, the whole Shetty Phil thing where they he tucks his dick and shit and he tells that story. Man, John, what do you mean? What are you talking about? (laughs) Show us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh That scene is Jay Chandra Seekar's jab at Kevin Heffernan, right? Because in Super Troopers, the best take that they got showed Heffernan's dick in it. And in order to get Heffernan to allow him to use that take, Jay said, the next movie we get to do, I'll put my dick in it. And so he tucked his dick, and that was like a middle finger to him. <laughs> Very small middle finger. Yeah, hard, just think that hard to he jab was like, with ah, that. You didn't get to see my dick in this. I thought that got was him. You're such a dick, Putnam. <laughs> <laughs> It is funny that they kind of trade the the asshole role like in movies, <laughs> like the unliked character gets traded. Yeah, right. it's so good. And honestly, I can't wait to get to Beer Fest because it's the same thing I can't wait to talk about. But like they're the characters in general are what make this so great. And yeah, obviously they were theater nerds that fell in love with each other and created such a great brand. And cheers for that, right? Like, thank thank you for gracing our presence with your hilarity. And that's what honestly, I, I didn't realize at first when I saw the remake of the Dukes of Hazard movie, I didn't realize how much influence they had in that until about the second time I watched it. But this movie was so good too, Broken Lizard. Again, in 2004, I would have been four, 13 when this came out, and I remember seeing this God. And when this came out on DVD, I was busy a lot. So Ew, uh, <laughs> gross. Everybody, he's doing something, and I don't like it. I was probably broke Brittany, his lizard. Brittany, Brittany Daniels. Daniels. Oh my God, bro. I thought you were going to send some erotica after how much you were pining over Brittany Daniels in this movie. And that's, Listen. you know, what an attractive woman, honestly, for sure. Like she had my sights in Joe Dirt before right. she was in Club Dread. And, right. and another movie that like, kind of flopped that was actually excellent. Uh, beautiful movie that they didn't need to make a sequel of and then they ruined no. it by doing it. Right. No. And Brittany Daniels twice as hot because she has an identical twin. Oh yeah, they were in Sweet Valley High, the TV show. Yeah. They're in that new cheaper by the dozen together too. I didn't even see that. Me either. I just looked up Brittany Daniels. You just know where she is at all times. Yeah, I keep tabs on her. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening tabs. to this, uh just might want to make your security a little extra. <laughs> I Wikipedia searched her. I was like, you know what? She was great in Joe Dirt and in this. And then I was like, what else did she do? Like, where else has she been after this? Why did she not come? You know, where? Why is she, is she living in Ohio? Can I say hi? Oh, my God. She had Soccer. a great, great reoccurring character in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You don't think Jason knows that? You don't think Jason knows her social security number and blood type? It's at least nine numbers. I know that. Listen, yeah. you get her plus Danny DeVito. 
What's not to love? What is happening? I don't know, but I'm strangely turned on. What? <laughs> it's the Danny DeVito. It was All right, Danny DeVito. Let's, just, let's just move on <laughs> to our favorite scenes. I'm the trash man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg, your favorite scene in this movie. Let's give the stalker some time to calm down. All right. So I've got two, honestly, and it was because I was 13 when I first saw this movie. I wanted so badly to run in a Pac-Man maze like <laughs> setting. Like how fucking cool would that have been? And that Mindy, if you're listening, honeymoon. I think she's soaking in the tub. Um but, but my real favorite scene, and I touched on it a little bit earlier, is the campfire scene. And it's just because I quote it so many times, but I love, love, love Bill Paxton's so fucking fed up and pissed off at this dumb broad asking him to play Margaritaville that he double curses. So he's like, I hate that guy. Mother, motherfucker. Son of a son of a bitch. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. Like, I fucking love that entire the whole interchange. It is perfect. I love it. Yes. Uh, it's John, what about you, buddy? What was your favorite scene? I did mention the whomping stick. And just how quickly the security was dispatched. It was beautiful. The follow-up to that scene is so good, too. Yeah. Well, this is my turn, so shut shut your mouth. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> my other was definitely the beginning when they're just showing, like, the whole cast getting slighted. And they, like, turn in slow motion. It's like, like, every time the, uh, the what's the first guy's name that dies, like, with the threesome, whatever. Whenever he goes off, like, every single one, he's like, hey, you got, like, you know, he's like, you got that grass? He's like, oh, no, I'm all out. And he just turns, and he's, like, mad. And then he's, and, you know, he's like, oh, here's a little extra. Oh, I'll have that glass. Sorry, they're spoken for. Like, it's just all oh, of he, them. He mouths. So yeah. Bitch. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was beautiful because you're like, oh, I bet it's him. And then you're like, oh, wait, they're just doing this on purpose. Like the, the purposeful misdirection was wonderful. I mean, like I said, the horror movie parody aspects of this were flawless. Probably way better than any scary movie has ever done. And I mean, oh, the, yeah. the series scary movie, not just scary movies in general. I think you, you guys knew that. But for our listeners, scary movies. Wow. Please don't do that again. Yeah. But this movie walked so dale and tucker versus evil can run yes very much so i agree yeah. all right jason tell us your favorite scene without making Brittany daniels draw up a restraining order it's a tough one this is it's a tough already, one it's already because... signed sealed and delivered yeah he's like actually uh i already have five <laughs> i wish you would have said something before that fedex driver picked that package up that follow-ups to your scene that you were talking about where they discover the body is so fucking funny with Bill Paxton where he's like, you and Hank are dead. And he's like, what the fuck did I do? And he's like, <laughs> no, you and Hank are dead. And he's like, are you fucking trying to start something here? And he's like, no, fucking. <laughs> I do just the little wordplay. I don't know. This is a tough fucking movie to pick a favorite scene in because it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I God. think we'd be remiss to not mention the death of the killer fake out. That is like in all the horror movies, but if oh, this yeah. one I is so over the top, <laughs> so because I mean, they escape them um, and everything like that, and they jumped off this cliff, and they're like, "Oh, we're safe now." And it's like, "Oh my god, something grabbed my, my asshole!" Like, yeah, yeah, my ass. That was my asshole. And then you know, <laughs> he grabs them, pulls them under, and then he gets 
freaking speedboat rope sliced across a dock, like a floating dock. And then you're like, oh, we got him. And then he comes out of the water just as a torso. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Beautiful. Beautiful. And then and the, end of, the very end of it, right? Because the legs are paddling towards yes, the boat. Yes, yes. Like, I love that that, I hope, is the, 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 like, fuck you guys. Please stop doing this in your fucking movies where it's obvious that the guy is dead. Like, basically, like, middle finger to Halloween yeah. and Friday the 13th. Like, there's no way the fucking killer could still be alive. Right. I love when Juan's dying and he's like, just one more kiss. And he's like, no, <laughs> you you and Jenny. I went yeah, yeah to that was great, yeah. <laughs> you and Yennefer. Yes. <laughs> you and Yennefer. I always want the... To see that <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that it's 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 beautiful it's a shame it did not do well you know the budget wasn't like crazy but it, it's still underperformed if you haven't seen this movie you got to go see this guys let's give our ratings well i will say because this did underperform if any of us go lower than what it's rated on imdb i am dropping out of this podcast so on IMDb, it's rated 5.6 out of 10, and I think that that's goddamn horseshit. I give this movie a lovely 9 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with Greg. It's not perfect, but it's really, really good, and it's it's a solid 9 out of 10. I don't know who's thinking what at IMDb. Get your shit together. I mean, imagine going from Super Troopers to this. The, the jump in quality, in my mind, is so much and i mean when we get to talk about beer fest we'll get to talk about that again but yeah for me nine out of ten all the way home jason so i didn't get to give my favorite scene so i'm gonna give double what? back to the favorite scene i didn't actually give my favorite scene i said that Jesus. i like scenes but i didn't get my favorite scene you my favorite scene loopholing piece of shit hey you i'm fuck on Brittany's side now i'll do Brittany what Daniel, i want to do here i will give you all the evidence you need that's it uh, I'm, I'm sending you my restraining order now Fuck off. Okay, so my favorite scene is a Juan Castillo scene, and it is the Penelope final, like, Penelope. reveal Penelope scene. That that scene where he's like, you are a hymnist? Gracias. That is one of my favorites. That's easily one of my favorite scenes of all time, period, and I say that all the fucking time for no reason. I don't have any reason to say gymnast at all, but I say, you are a hymnist? Gracias. I got to disagree with you on the nines. I don't think it's a nine to me. It's a perfect 10. I think that there's, I think this movie is flawless. Find a flaw. Okay. When Hank is like, well, the killer was clearly went from left to right when that's bullshit because he cut him from right to left. There's that your goof. fast. That was very fast. That's, fast that's flaw. a, that's a goof in a, in a horror movie. What's another term for not a goof? Sim, a What's another term? <laughs> that's just, but that's not, I, in my opinion, that's not like that's, that doesn't make but, it. But, that doesn't make it a non-perfect. But, <laughs> but that's a horror film trope to do the wrong shit, though. In my opinion, to go after to have like certain shit like that in the film is a, a horror film trope, especially with the style of thing that they were going for. To me, I don't see that as a flaw. I see that as just an extra added. Ha ha ha! That's kind of fucking funny. So when your kid like falls down the stairs, you'd be like, "Oh, he's like, Dad, my knee's broken." You're like, "Actually, that's not a flaw. Uh, that was actually like." part of the journey of your life right yeah you yeah. were supposed right. to have a broken knee <laughs> by the way son i'll be over now, at Britney daniels house for a while now do you not tell anyone me. yeah i'll because i'll be in the bushes um <laughs> I'll be in the well bushes. honestly from a nine to a ten is not that big of a no it's not 
but it is, in my opinion, flawless. That's going to do it here for our first of Broken Lizard Month. I'm very excited about this journey. Cannot wait to see Quasi. And we are going to roll our Broken Lizards out of here. Wow. Why am I? Every time. What's the euphemism? I don't get it. You know, our lizards are broken, so we have to roll them. It's not broken. (laughs) No, mine works quite (laughs) well. Greg, I know for a fact yours is broken. I'll send you video evidence here in a little bit, buddy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll probably need it in court for the stalking of Brittany Daniels. Bye! Uh, But yeah, Beer Fest is next week, right? And then which one was the one after Beer Fest? Lamb and Salmon. Slamming salmon. Guess and you didn't hear me say bye. Oh, you were here? Bye.